Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Triple Jump podcast. It's a video game podcast. My name is Ben. And my name is Peter. Peter, mm. it's an exciting week for video games. Is it? It's all kicking off with a CK. Whoa. Kicking off. With a, with both of the cur sounds. With the curly cur yeah. and the kicking cur. It's kicking cur off this week. We've got the Star Worms. Mm-hmm. We've got the Pocket Monsters. We have. We've got Death Stranding looming over, us, over our heads like yeah. some big... I am um, out now. Weird albatross, yes. inky albatross. Oh, God. That people can't work out whether it's okay to not like it or not. That seems to be the general consensus is it's, you cannot like it, but it's it's whether or not you should be allowed to not like it. Yeah. That's, that's, the, that's the problem. Yeah. And I, I do wonder if there, I mean, this is a whole kettle of fish we've got to go into later, but I do wonder whether there are some people out there who kind of object, they look at it and they're like, I, I don't really actually like this game, but I better just say that I do. Yeah. Because otherwise, people will think I'm not clever. We'll see. Mm. We've, uh, well, I've played it. I've played a couple of hours of it. We'll be streaming it this week, and we'll talk about it properly later on. But Some people do genuinely love it, though. Wow. Anyway, before we get started, Mm. it's time to talk about our sponsor for this week. Yes. Oh, my tummy just rumbled. Did that pick up? It's a food sponsor. It's sadly not. Oh, no. But there's food there. This week, the podcast is brought to us by the Galar Region Tourism Board. Okay. The Galar Region is is a new region in the Pocket Monster universe. And if you come here, you'll get all the cool blimey, cool blimey experiences that you could possibly handle. Yeah. Have you ever wanted to battle Pokemon in a grimy alleyway? What about under a bridge? Or in a or in a field? Mm-hmm. Have you done that before? I don't think so. Not with the charm and the wit and the swear words that you can experience in the Galar region. Perhaps you want oh, my tummy went really there. hungry really just I had a biscuit already oh well sometimes that can set you off though you have just one little thing it's like yeah more please now please thanks it's unacceptable really I'm trying to do my sponsor mm. the did it again the Galar region is also chock full of Mary Poppinses is it yes there's a new Pokemon called Mary Poppins right she is always a she yeah and she flies around with an umbrella that's actually part of her arm. Does she evolve from uh, Bert Chimchiminy? Yeah, there's Bert Chimchiminy. He's got a chimney 
brush no, that turns into the umbrella. That's a different evolves. evolutionary chain. There's chim there's Bert Chim Chimney. Oh. Bert Chim Chim Chimney and then Bert Chim Chim Chiru. Chim Chim Chiru, yeah. Um so they that that's that's a three way and to get the last one you have to trade it. Right. But with Mary Poppins, she she doesn't evolve. She's just called Mary Poppins and she doesn't have an arm. It's like a grotesque grotesque resident evil monster. Right. Where instead of an arm, it's just it's just an umbrella that protrudes from her bicep. With a talking parrot's head on the elbow. It's really yeah. It's it's horrible. You've also got um, the other evolutionary chain mm-hmm. where it's uh, Mr. Blobby is oh, what yeah. he's called. He's, he's an offshoot from Mr. Mime. He's like the Galar region version of Mr. Mime. You know how you got variants in, in Alola? Mm-hmm. In the Alolan region, you'd get like an icy Vulpix instead of a fire Vulpix. Mm. So instead of Mr. Mime, you get Mr. Blobby. Right. And he does actually evolve, unlike Mr. Mime. He evolves into... Um, he evolves into Noel Edmonds. Noel legal, Edmonds legal case. Noel Edmonds. He just evolves into Noel Edmonds. Right. But a status effect that can be inflicted upon him is his legal battle with Lloyd's Bank yeah. for some reason. And the final evolution is the red phone from Deal or No Deal. Oh wow! Yeah. The banker. Yeah, it's just called the banker, and it's a little red phone. It's unconventional because they don't really look like each other, but they do sound similar. Yeah. When he comes out, he just goes blobby, and then the other one is, "No, I'm going to sue you." And then the last one is, what, I'll give you sixty-three. Yeah, I've never watched. I've it. never watched Deal or No Deal. Oh, okay. uh, anyway, the Galar region is very exciting. It's it's available to visit right now in Pokemon Sword and Shield. And they do have food there because uh, Surfetched has the biggest goddamn oh. onion leek, leek sword you've ever seen in your life. I bet that would make a really good soup. Mm-hmm. I know you're not a fan, but I reckon that would make a real that would make a real good soup. Just a leek mm. chopped up into mm. pulp. Mm. Mm. But of course, while the Galar region is real, that sponsor is a lie. Oh. It's a lie. We got you. We got you Every again. Every time. Don't do that. Oh, no. You've knocked over. Hang on. This is. Did what? you just buy the cardboard thing just to no. pretend that you own the game? No. You did. I played it. I played it. No, you just bought the card. You went on eBay and said, Death Strand. For those of you not watching the video version of this podcast, what are you doing? Go and watch it now. Oh, I thought you were talking to me as I slid it across the table. No, was what I are not, you doing? Was I Don't not touch to? that. <laughs> um, I tried to flip the table and our cardboard sleeve that Death Stranding came in fell over. Mm. Uh, no, I've got it. It's real. Yeah, you have. Um, I, no, the stream was all a fever dream. It was a shared experience. A fever stream. <sighs> yeah, that sponsor is not real. Mm. Our real sponsors are the wonderful folks over at patreon.com forward slash team triple jump, where if you support us at any tier, even one dollar... Oh. You are allowed to submit questions for this very podcast. Mm-hmm. As such, all podcast questions are taken from Patreon. Yes, they are. Including this first one from Molly McDade. Molly McDade. Molly McDade. Who, who is a Molly McWriter for us. She is. The it sounds like a... Sorry, sounds like a McDonald's character. Molly McWriter. Molly McWriter. Yeah. Uh, Ronald McWriter. The new Sonic trailer was just released. What are your thoughts? And then Molly's answer to that question in brackets is I don't know if it'll necessarily be good but seeing uh, 90s Jim Carrey again should be fun Mm. so yeah the new Sonic trailer is out it's got some new footage we didn't see in the previous one but crucially it's got a whole new Sonic in it he's got he's a whole new boy he is and God, does he look better. And God, does the old one look even worse by comparison yeah the fingers yeah the white hands that he had yeah, so strange. The eyes that just all of it was was wrong. Um, I mean, I've seen a lot of people now suddenly getting really excited for this film. I still think it looks 
a little bit kind of conceited. It just looks like a. It's gonna be. It's gonna be like the Ratchet and Clank film. Yeah, exactly. It's gonna be for kids. It's, it's gonna not like gonna pixels. be very good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> pixels. <laughs> uh, might not be that bad. But so I I still look at that and think, okay, well this is a sort of forced video game movie. Mm. But I also agree that. Jim Carrey is being 90s Jim Carrey again for the first time in a long time yeah. since he had kind of a, a bit of an epiphany um, about himself. Have you seen? There's some really interesting stuff about where he said that he he felt like he was playing a character even when he was just on talk shows or like just, you know, just not mm. not an actor, but like when he was just Jim Carrey, that was all an act. Well, he probably went off, pro- probably, he properly went off the deep end, didn't he? At, at several, on several occasions. Have you seen the documentary about the, when he played Andy Kaufman? I've not seen the documentary, but I've heard about uh, it's it. It's just bonkers. It's like crazy it's, method acting. Well, yeah, but he thought he was him. Well, yeah. So it, it's just he like... He told everyone to call him that on set and stuff. It's difficult to draw the line between... Method acting and mental illness. Well, at that yeah, point. And it's, no, you're it's right. Hard, it's hard to tell. I mean, he seems to be better now, so I'm really happy about that because I love Jim Carrey. Exactly. I, I mean, that's lots why of people. I, but why I bring it up is that it's nice to now see him seemingly, you know, happy enough mm-hmm. in a role, and it is. It does very much seem to be the kind of Ace Ventura, Riddler, Mask kind of Jim Carrey. Yeah. You know, overacting. Those, yeah. Big faces, mm-hmm. loud noises. Well, one of the things that's come out about this, actually, have you heard of Tyson Hess or Hesser? Rings a bell. So he was the guy who was pivotal in the redesign of Sanic. Mm-hmm. And he's it's sort of come out recently that, he, that he, the reason that this Sonic redesign is, is so much more competent is because he was involved. So for people who are unfamiliar, he was, he's sort of been a longtime Sonic fan and supporter, mm-hmm. so much so that he would make his own uh, sort of fan videos and animations. And then he started working officially on some of the runs of comics, the Sonic comics, right. the Sonics. And uh, he did the intro, the animated intro to Sonic Mania a couple of years ago. Oh, okay. If people are familiar with that. And that's that's a fantastic video that everyone should go and watch. But he was brought in to help redesign Sonic. And that's part of the reason why it's so good. Does It is. There's always going to be a tinfoil hat wearing part of me that thinks, did they know it was catastrophic? Did they, did they leak that stand and that poster all all that time ago mm. just to gauge interest saw the backlash thought right let's go all in on this i've yeah it's very difficult to turn an entire movie ship around at the last minute yeah well so this is what a lot of people are now saying on social media that oh well it was all intentional they released the terrible version they probably didn't even have that terrible version of sonic for all of the footage that they didn't show if you see what i mean they essentially mm-hmm. did a cut for that trailer with a bad Sonic in it, but the the good one was already in there. I don't think that's true. Um, I think it's an interesting idea, and it's nice to be able to say, oh, corporations and stu- big studios and the conglomerates are doing tricksy things. Ah. But uh, I I think that would be too much of a risk. Like it yeah. it still could have been, no matter how good this redesign was, the response could just have been, well. Yeah, but it's too little, too late, isn't it? Or you know, yeah. it could it could have just sort of tinged the whole thing with, yeah, well, he looks better now, but I can't I can't get that bad taste out of my mouth. So I think that's too much of a risk to deliberately release an ugly ass Sonic and then be like, hey, we fixed it now. Now you want to see this movie, right? One thing I would say mm. is that brands don't care about you and no. what you want. They care about their money. Mm. So as you said. It still kind of looks like it's going to be a bad video game film. But 
it's kind of genius because people will feel catered to and heard and they will, even if they didn't want to see it before, they'll either want to see it now because, oh, wow, look how much better it looks, even though it's the same film. Yeah. Or it'll be a case or a combination of, well, I feel a sense of loyalty and I feel like I should support this company now mm-hmm. because they listened to our complaints and they they changed things for us. Right. They don't care yeah. about what you want. They care about making money. Mm-hmm. They'll pretend to care. And that's clearly what they've done. So I'd just say the Sonic movie is going to be bad. Yeah. It's not going to be good. The fact that it's got a better looking Sonic is great because what came before was some eldritch horror yeah. that should never have been unleashed upon the world. Uh, but... It doesn't mean that the film's going to be good. So please temper your expectations and don't feel like you have to go and see it. And it doesn't mean that they care about you that much. They would not go to the expense of redesigning and re-CGing Sonic just just because you were unhappy. Mm. They would do it because you were unhappy and therefore they were concerned they might not make enough money. Yeah. But not, not just because you were unhappy. We aren't the only people who are cynical, though, Peter. No. We now go to Kotaku. Oh my Kotaku. god. Kotaku. In a tweet last night translated from uh, translated by DualShockers, sorry, Sonic's original creator Yuji Naka said that the design is much more Sonic-like now he's wearing gloves. However, his eyes still aren't joined together as expected. I can't help but feel weird about that one point. Amusingly, Naka seems to have had some weird fascination with the original design. In an earlier tweet, he said, It seems they're making it as if the old design didn't exist, as the movie official accounts old tweets were deleted. I want to see a special DVD version of the movie which yeah. used the old design. Too bad. I've heard that, yeah. He suggested that they release the old design. I think, I mean, that is one that I would go and see. Yeah, I if think they, I If they now release the old version, I mean, God, you can't, you can never, proof that you can never please everyone. No. If... Ironically, I would now like to see the horror version of this Sonic film. I think I'd be more like... Because when we first saw that trailer, I was thinking, God, I do have a sort of... It's like must-see yeah, car crash. Yeah, I really have to watch that. Now that they've fixed it, I'm like, well, it's just a Sonic movie for sort of kids. I mean, you know, yeah. I'm not that interested anymore. Other than maybe for Jim Carrey. But yeah, I would have been more likely to watch the car crash. So yeah, that's, they should do. If they, wanna, if they know what's good for them, if all that footage... If the entire film was already done and it just exists somewhere, mm. they may as well release it. I think so. As yeah. a special feature or something. Yeah. You just toggle old Sonic <laughs> on and off. You can press a button live <laughs> throughout the entire uh, film. That would be amazing. Yeah. Anyway, that's that. Mm. Uh, it's sort of fixed, but don't go and see it because it'll still be a waste of money. Absolutely not. It's time for a groundbreaking segment we've never done before. What? It's called Whoa. <laughs> I don't know if that picked up on the microphone, but it, it sounds like whoa, whoa, purr is at the door. Should we go and let him in? Let yeah, him in. Let him in. It's time for what we playing, Peter. Mm-hmm. Peter, yeah. what you're playing? I've b- been playing uh, the, the Spyro 2s. <gasps> on the Reignited? On or Reignited, yeah. Oh. So just as, as I mentioned, I think, two podcasts ago, I, on a whim, partly while I was just waiting for a, an update to download and install on my PlayStation, I played Spyro 1 for a little bit. Mm. I ended up like completing it like the following day. I was only going to just play it for that session, but I went back to it and, and finished it. Nice. And then... Uh, so you finished... Sorry, you finished all of Spyro 2? I finished all of Spyro 1 in like a couple of days. Wow. And then this week, I've been thinking, oh, I quite en- I quite enjoyed playing oh. Spyro 1 uh, the other day. Mm. So I ended up to start Inspire 2 even though you know I've played it a lot and I've I've got I've got so many games to play ah! and for some reason I'm not playing them because I just had a 
had a, a little craving for it's my purple dragon boy the way though isn't it it is like new games will be coming out and you think i kind of want to play a bit more wwe 2k20 yeah. and i don't know why why can i not stop um so star wars is coming out time of uh publishing this podcast star wars will be out so i'll be playing that a lot now mm. um i also on my last live stream played um some tone b2 the ps1 game mm. um which you know, was sort of voted for a bit in my poll. Yes. Um, and I was like, oh, people, some people might watch this, I suppose. And then I sat and played it anyway, even though it wasn't the most popular uh, choice in the poll. And people seem to really quite enjoy it, which is oh, nice. Oh, that's good. A little, like, a lot it's of one people, of your favorite games. It is. It's up there. Yeah, definitely. And uh, just I, the, the, the thing I took away from it was the number of comments that said, this is not. This game isn't what I expected it to be. You know, mm. I think a lot of people thought it would just be some basic. We could say bitch, can't we? Whoa, bitch. We're talking about the dog. Basic the female. Basic female dog. Yes. 3D platformer, but uh, it's 2.5D. It's got some interesting like quests and things, and uh, it's. I think it was. I think Whoopi, Whoopi Camp who made it are a are an Eastern company. It certainly has sort of anime vibes mm. and and the the dialogue reads like it was translated from <laughs> japanese right um so yeah i think it took some people by surprise but that's nice and mm. uh i'm enjoying it might even go back to it in a few weeks time when amazing star Wars is done but that's what i've been playing wonderful i was amazed to do, well i say amazed that's <laughs> putting it way amazed. i was astounded i was really intrigued to see that the uh the stylization of the the title Tone B exclamation mark and then two yeah. afterwards. It just reads strangely, doesn't it? Does, it does, yeah. It feels like the exclamation mark should be after the two. It's really weird. Especially <laughs> when normally when we uh, go live, the the push notification that people get on Twitch <laughs> has an exclamation mark at the end. I didn't include it this Tone time. Tone B, two. Yeah. <laughs> Triple Jump have gone live with Tone B exclamation mark. Two. two exclamation mark. So I, I, I removed one of them from that. I can't Great. remember which one, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, good stuff. Mm. Well, I've been playing... God, I've played... Borderlands. <laughs> hey, how how dare you? How dare you attack me like That's that? It's not an attack, it's a guess. No, it's true. I played I played a tiny bit of Borderlands the other night. I'm literally going map to map and mopping various small things up now. You're doing but, a map mop. I'm doing a mop a mop up, mm. a map up. Uh, the platinum is in my sights, but will not be mine for a while because <laughs> Death Stranding oh, and... Yes. The Outer Worlds, which I still haven't gone back to. And Pokemon, which is out tomorrow at the time of recording. And WWE. And WWE 2K20, which I just can't tear myself. No, I put that... You know when you play... Right, I've got all my games organized in folders on my PS4. Yeah. I've, <laughs> I've, si I've now consigned WWE 2K20 to a folder. Right. So when I first start playing a new game, I keep it out of the folder so it's there and easy, easily accessed. Mm. Now it's in the folder, so I'm less likely to go, oh yeah, it's in my, well, my uh, stupid, I'm an idiot and I should play this stupid game. Uh, I can't do that anymore without having to jump through a hoop, a which I'm hoping is, is enough to stop me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I haven't, haven't played much Borderlands, but I, I did have my Dark Souls 3 weekend I talked yes, about. Yes, you did. On the podcast last week, so I had some friends up with the aim of playing through Dark Souls 3 from start to finish. I love Dark Souls 3. Mm. Good good balance between uh, Bloodborne and Dark Souls, in my opinion. Faster, more frenetic, very pretty gameplay alterations and changes that actually make sense. Mm. So now you have... Uh, you, 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 
start with very few Estus flasks mm -hmm. to heal yourself and you collect more as you go when, by finding uh, you know, key items in certain areas and you have to allot them between your regular Estus and your blue Estus. Oh. And your blue Estus heals your magic. So if you don't use magic at all, then it's fine. Right. You, just, you just put it all into your regular gold one. But if you want to use magic, you have to get a decent balance. And when you're summoned in as a co-op partner, it splits the amount of Estus you have down the middle. Oh. And it rounds down if you have an odd number of Estus. Oh, God. So to begin with, that you're going into... You're... Every excuse to be difficult and unfair. But it's great, though, because it, yeah. really, it really motivates you to be careful and sensible. And, like, free, you know, it creates tension that wouldn't normally necessarily be there. Mm. So to begin with, you're like, right, okay, I've come in. I've been an idiot. I've been hit a few times. I already only have one Estus left. Yeah. And we're not even making a dent in this level. Uh, so that was really fun. Didn't quite finish it off because it's quite a girthy boy. Mm -hmm. And as I was explaining to you and people who already are familiar with the games will know this, um, when you play in co-op, it's not like someone acts as the host and you guys all play through the, the game together with that person being the one host. Yeah. You have to each act as the host in your own games. So you'll play through a level for someone and then they'll play through the level for you and then you'll play through the level for your third partner as well. Then yeah, you're all up to the me. same point and you can continue. So it's basically playing through the game three times, mm. which sounds tedious, but isn't actually that tedious because it means you get extra levels and it's you know makes it a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. But fantastic game. I really hope that they do another one, even though they said they wouldn't. Oh. And I hope Hidetaka Miyazaki comes back for it. But I kind of just want more Dark Souls at this point because he's making all sorts of interesting things that aren't really what I want. Elden Ring. So I kind of just want Dark Souls 4. Dark Souls 4. I'm sure they'll do it. I'm sure Bandai will do it, but we'll see. The other thing I played is Death Stranding. Yes. In a word, tedious. Yeah. Clarif Clarification-wise, mm. not necessarily a bad thing. Because it is, I think, undeniably a tedious game in that you have to transport things from one place to another. Mm -hmm. But it's about the world, the the environmental storytelling, the the music, the... The otter hat. The otter hat, the weird Kojima story and characters. Mm. They're what's going to keep you engaged. It is undeniably not going to be for everybody yeah. in the same way that it is undeniably a tedious game. But I've certainly played games before where I have found them tedious, but I've found them strangely ad addictive. Mm -hmm. uh, so Wolfenstein Youngblood is an example <laughs> where it's that game is objectively not good, but I still found myself seeing it through to the end because it was just kind of easy to play. And I'm not saying that this is easy to play, but there's ink monsters and I am going to keep playing it. Mm. And we're going to stream some today. We are. And the VOD will be going up on Monday for people who who miss it. But um, it's, it's exactly what I expected it to be. It's just divisive. You know, not everyone. I think reviewers who play it have been able to appreciate, wow, this is, you know, it's different and it's special but it's not necessarily what I would call good. Right. Uh, some people think it's the second coming of Jesus Christ. They as do. we've discussed before, we knew they would because it's Kojima. If this was released by anybody else, it wouldn't be. No. It wouldn't be appreciated in the same way. It might get, you know, a few high review scores saying it's really interesting. Yeah, they've Ooh, got really interesting. Yeah, super interesting, interesting. But like ultimately you are just carrying things around. Uh, but there were plenty of people in the chat 
when I was playing it who were just who just loved it, mm-hmm. who just thought it was amazing. But equally, there were about 70% of the chat saying, what? What is happening? I don't understand. And of those people who love it, there are there's some people who love it because they genuinely just think it's great. And, you know, even if it'd been made by someone else, they just think, oh, this is really subversive and interesting. Yeah. Whereas some other people kind of just love it because it is made by the second coming of Hideo Kajesus. Kajesus, exactly. Um, uh, so it's... Jury is still out for me. I, I found it intriguing. I didn't dislike it, but I want to keep playing it. And I suppose that's a good thing. So I will I will see how, how, how I get on with it. I don't want people to think that I came into it with with negative expectations, you know, thinking, oh, this is going to be crap. I, I can't wait to hate on this. Mm. It's not that at all. It's just... I was so burned out by MGS5. Yeah. And that got such high review scores. And it just made me sort of see through the veneer of Kojima is a, is a genius. He's not. He's made something very interesting and it's very competently made. But it's not going to be for everybody. It's not genius, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, the, the probably the most interesting thing will be that <laughs> when we stream it today, at time of recording... Uh, <laughs> We'll be going into your save file mm-hmm. that is just some way into the game. And although I watched the first 15 minutes of your stream, I then had to get back to work. <laughs> so you're going to have to try and explain I a will. Deo Kojima game storyline to me while we're playing. I will give you the crib notes. Yeah. So there was there was uh, the bodies explode. The rain makes people old. There are whales. Sometimes there's a baby inside you in like your mouth area yeah when you die you go under the sea and then you you repatriate i saw that and you yeah. come back out again for some reason uh the united states is broken this is all in the first like hour <laughs> it's that it's just throwing stuff at you like oh god please kojima stop but in language that you're not necessarily going to understand until later in the game yeah it's that whole thing of we're just going to use the jargon and not provide any helpful exposition whatsoever just, you'll pick it up it's all very weird. Oh, the time fall is coming. The what? Sorry? Sorry? Hello? Hello? Yeah, they're all just talking as if you know what it is. So you don't... I like games that are set in a strange place where the protagonist is relatable in that that person is either new to that place, yeah. they've got amnesia, they've just woken up after cryo sleep or something, so you're at least in the boots of someone who you can relate to. But And they can provide that exposition without it feeling weird. Yeah, but in like, oh, it's just very Kojima. Like even the interactions between characters feel weird sometimes and not human. Mm-hmm. That ah, oh, you must be, you must be the famous Sam Porter Bridges of the Bridges Company that transports stuff. And it's like, oh, Christ, there couldn't have been a better way to do this. Maybe God. it's not like it's not bad, but it's certainly Worse not a one hundred percent. Perfect game, okay, excellent, good job, Hideo. Sure. Uh, but people will let that stuff slide because it's Kojima. So, I don't know. I'm not a Kojima fan, really. I like his old work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think he's as great as everyone says he is. I think this game is interesting, and I'm really, really intrigued to see where it goes. But I am not promising that I'm going to sit through 50-odd hours. No. Of um, do not promise that hopefully hopefully it grabs me I want to like it I don't want to dislike games mm. I just don't think it's as good as everyone who thinks it's good thinks it is <laughs> yeah if that makes any sense that was a Hideo Kojima sentence it was it really was <laughs> uh, god that guy's name pops up like 20 times in the in the first 10 minutes yeah casting director Hideo Kojima a Hideo Kojima game by Kojima Productions oh, stop it we know we know 
Oh, should we move on? We'll be back to uh, to Kojima and Death Stranding later, but yeah. for now, we've got a question here from Brian Cahill, or Cahill. Brian Cahill. Hi, guys. Congrats on 40 episodes. Wow. We're 40, 40 years old. We've nearly caught up with vidiots, with podiots. Unsurprising. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but there we go. With the release of Jedi Fallen Order, I've decided to replay Revenge of the Sith on PS2 because it's my favourite Star Wars game ever. Mm. However, many of my friends didn't play it or know it even existed. My question is this. Are there any hidden gems in famous franchises that you have played or have heard about that you think pass the majority of gamers by? Then it says something that I will not attempt to pronounce for fear of insulting people from Ireland. And apparently it says Irish for goodbye and take care. And that's from Because I'm Brian. Sla Agus. Oh, here he goes. Here he goes. Come on then. Sla Agus Banacht. Great. Yeah. Well, there's a patron lost. Thank mm. you. Uh, thank you, Brian, for the support you gave us while you were a patron. Yeah, Much appreciated. Peter, mm. are there any, uh, f- for starters, Revenge of the Sith, did you ever play it? I think I played it at a friend's house once. I never owned it. Um, I think I played the first uh, level that takes place um, at the start of the film where they go on Grievous's ship to rescue the, the, the Senate. Mm-hmm. He is the Senate. He is, yeah. Do it. Do it's it. that whole scene. Yeah. Um, but then I might also be thinking of one of the first missions in um, uh, Force Unleashed, which also mm-hmm. takes place on a ship in space uh, where you fight a, a, a Jedi and then it, it's like crashing through the atmosphere, much like in the start of Revenge of the Sith. So. I played the demo for the Force Unleashed yeah. so many times and then the game just wasn't... Was that the Vader Wookiees? No, level? no, it was... You just, you're just on... I think on a Star Destroyer. All right. And you're just able to slice through stormtroopers and you can like force grab them and like dangle them around throw and just throw around. them around. Oh, it was so cool. I yeah. played it and then the game just wasn't quite as good as it. Yeah, I, 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 I enjoyed it, but it was very janky. Like trying to, there were these sections where you would like be hopping from like one ledge to the next and you'd be like sort of being pushed around a bit by bits of geometry and invisible walls and thinking, oh, this can't be the way I'm supposed to go. And then it would turn out, Oh no, yeah, this is actually yeah, it's just really badly designed. Oh. Like the sort of the movement and traversal in that game was not good, I think. Damn. See, I didn't um, I didn't experience that in the demo at least. Right. But I mean the main game, you know, it didn't review incredibly well, so no. there's clearly a reason for that. That and Batman Arkham Asylum, I think, are the demos that I played the most mm-hmm. out of all of them. But it Revenge of the Revenge of the Sith, that was it, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. I had that. I can't really remember much about it, mm. but I do remember playing the verses mode oh yeah where it was just a one-on-one oh, yeah, i played I that I with played my cousin house as well yeah yeah just on mustafa and with all the lava around you and you're just like beating the crap out of each other with lightsabers and stuff that was pretty fun yeah i remember that it was a good game i meant to say at a friend's house but i did just say at a house at a house oh, i played that at a house oh i played it at a house too wow were they funny. the same it might have been the same house that's unbelievable um yeah no it, i think it looks like a a reasonably good star wars game um there have been some good ones and bad ones in fact the mm. list went out this week. Ten great Star Wars games or awesome Star Wars games to play after Jedi Fallen Order. Ah. They're not necessarily the best ten ranked from worst to best because we will probably do an actual ranked massive list. list on that one day. But yeah. anyway, mm. in answer to Brian's question, uh, I've brought three along from famous movie franchises. Uh, one of them is actually a Star Wars game from that video that I just Ooh, mentioned. Ooh, okay. Star Wars Galactic Battlegrounds is an RTS for the PC that was done in the Age of Empires uh, engine. Fantastic. Uh, and it looks 
you can just tell that it's done in that engine. It looks just like it, but it's just been completely reskinned into Star Wars form. Mm. Um, there was a different RTS called Empire at War, which looks way better because it was made much later on. But I didn't have that, and I had Galactic Battlegrounds, and I put so many hours into it. There were uh, campaigns for like every uh, good and bad faction of every movie. Mm-hmm. So there were like six or seven different campaigns. Um, and there was this scenario editor where you could make your own levels. Um, and obviously, I think the idea, the the thing that like the developers probably thought people would make is just, oh, well, you know, build a bit of a base there and an enemy base there and maybe give them some units and resources. And then off you go, play it like you would normally play an RTS level. But there was a big online community of the map makers mm-hmm. and... Um, there were some really clever ones where you would essentially be given a single unit that was like really pumped up and powerful. And so it would almost be like playing a top-down, almost like Diablo hmm. kind of game. So you would like be given just a Han Solo yeah. uh, and they would have built a whole like Moss Esper or Moss Eisley um, cool. street with like loads of neutral units just sort of wandering around, milling around like it's a really crowded area. Hmm. And there's like speeders going up and down the roads. There were some really clever maps. So That's awesome. That was a great game. Um, but two other two other quick ones that yeah. I think deserve a bit more love: Indiana Jones and the Emperor's Tomb. Okay, actually pr- plays pretty well. It sort of sounds and looks like it would just be a bad, just Indiana Jones game that's not even linked to one of the movies. Right. But you've got your whip. You can do a load of swinging around on it. Um, I remember you had the health mechanic was pretty good. You had like a just a, a water flask, mm. um, and you could fill it up at certain like fountains and ponds and stuff mm-hmm. and uh then you just drink water whenever you need it and you see like the water gauge go down and your health gauge go up mm-hmm. um so it's like a it's kind of a portable medikit but you have to sort of use it carefully because you don't know when your next source of water is going to come along that's cool um and then the one other game that i really enjoyed was the lost world on ps1 because you get to play as the dinosaurs as well as the humans. <laughs> Great. So there's a level where you play, it was a couple of levels where you play as a raptor and you're just running around this in-gen building, just killing all of these boys and girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one where you play as a T-Rex and you're just eating loads and loads of raptors. Uh, and when you play as the dinosaurs, there's a button, if you press R2, where you can just roar for no reason. It doesn't do anything. Wow. But... Uh, There's a button like that in Death Stranding as well. Oh, yeah. You just yell, hello, my name is Sam. Wow. And uh, apparently people answer you at some point. But, oh. But uh, that, there's a there's a roar button. Okay, great. Mm. Well, that, so those are my three 80s, 90s movie franchises, <laughs> uh, mo- uh, video games. Those are all good ones. Yeah, thanks. Um, I mean, I found it this a little bit difficult because I can't really remember any. Uh, but certainly in in recent years, I would say that Borderlands, the pre-sequel, is often unfairly overlooked. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, a really good game. Uh, it, it, I mean, it definitely has some shortcomings. It has no end game. You finish it and you're like in your early 30s level-wise. Right. Whereas by the time I finished it, all of the side missions and all of the quests in Borderlands 3, I mean, I'm still playing them and I've already hit the level cap. So it's... I just, that was weird. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's nothing really to do once you've finished apart from start again. Right. Uh, but apparently it didn't have the greatest or the smoothest development cycle. But I think certainly in terms of humor and comedy, it's better than Borderlands 3. Okay. Uh, and 
I really liked it. I think it's a good one. Oh, uh, I've also got down here Demon's Souls because a lot of people can't play it because it was a PS3 exclusive and the servers are now off. Right. And it, that's a huge shame that you can just about emulate it if you do all the right things and tick all the right boxes. But PS3 emulators are not good on mm-hmm. PC at all. They're not very reliable. Um, but that game is it's a little janky in places, but it really holds up. Mm-hmm. It's it's so good, and as and as the original Souls game, it's definitely worth playing. But a lot of people either through means of not having a PS3 or just jumping in on Dark Souls or Bloodborne or whatever, they just have never played it. Yeah, I think it's it forgotten so about a little bit. You know, yeah, it should be remembered. It's yeah. a great game, really good game with some really interesting mechanics that they didn't bring across into the later ones, like world tendency, mm. which affects. It's it it's affected by you dying. Yeah. And you can you can get pure black tendency or pure white tendency. And depending on where you are in those, certain areas, extra areas will be like gates will be open in certain levels and mm. certain items and enemies will appear. So you need to in order to get the platinum to, to get all the weapons and stuff, you need to get into every area and you need to have the different tendencies of worlds. And that's something they never did in the in the other games. But it's just again, it's just an interesting mechanic. Yeah, I like that. It's very clever. The last one, I haven't actually played myself, but Batman Arkham Origins. Have you not played that? No, I haven't. Oh. Have you? No, but it just surprises me that you haven't. I'm, I'm, I know you like your, your Arkies. I'm sorry? <laughs> You're an Arkie, like aren't you? doesn't it? Yeah. I'm, I'm really sad I never got around to playing it. I did actually own it on PS3, but I've heard so many good things, and it sounds, again, much like the pre-sequel. It gets a bad rap. It wasn't developed by Rocksteady. Mm. It's set over Christmas as well, which is fun. Yeah. And uh, I would like to play it, but it just wasn't ported to PS4 along with the the Arkham the Return to Arkham collection or whatever it was called. Yeah. They just never brought it to PS4, otherwise I probably would play it. Inexplicably, Mr. Freeze is not the main antagonist. No, he's not. In the he's Christmas not. Batman game. But, but they do have villains that don't appear in the other Arkham games. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's that's another one that kind of gets overlooked, which is a shame. Mm-hmm. But there we go. That's well, what we, I got. We answered in slightly different ways there. I specifically went famous franchises as in film franchises, but mm. you went gaming franchise. That's good. We got a nice little... Sit. We covered all basses there. You did older ones. I did more contemporary ones. Yeah. Great stuff. Go us. It wasn't weird at all. Well, no, that wasn't. But I'm afraid it's about to get two times weird. Is it? Yeah. I don't mean two times as weird as that because that was zero. And two times zero is is still zero. But I mean, because there's two of us and we're both about. It's time for weird news. Yep. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Peter, mm-hmm. will you weird me? Uh, hmm, I don't know. <laughs> Are you ready? You're sort of ready. He's sort of ready. I, um, I, near, yeah, Lee, Lee, re, di, red, yeah, yeah. It's loading. Is he, is he ready now? Are you ready now? I'm not just ready. I'm Red Dead Redemption 2. Oh. News having. Okay, go on. Red Dead Redemption 2 fans spent over a year trying to find a fish. Mm, is this in online? No. Oh. Because it sounds about. It sounds like the kind of interesting stuff you would get up to in Red Dead Online. With soup. With soup. Uh, the Wild West has its own version. I mean, it says here in the little subheading, the Wild West has its own version of the Loch Ness Monster, oh. which makes it sound way more exciting than it is. Oh. It's not that. Oh. There's a giant like monster fish that people are trying to find, not some sort of plesiosaur. Um, anyway, I'll mm. read it to you. Okay. In the age of data mining and viral posts, it's easy for wrong information to proliferate on the internet. Oh, good word. I know. Proliferate or proliferate? Proliferate. Okay. Uh, but when I thought, did you say the same word twice? No, I thought you said proliferate oh, instead of proliferate. I certainly meant to say proliferate. Okay, what are we proliferating? Uh, when you read I'm anti-liferate, actually. <laughs> but when you read something in an officially endorsed strategy guide, you expect the information within to be right. That's the whole point. And so, when the Red Dead Redemption Two guide stated that the Western the Western game featured a legendary channel catfish. Ooh. People believed it. Hell, there are countless online guides out there that seem to repeat what the official book says. It's an enormous creature that weighs in at nearly 200 pounds. You need a swamp lure to get it. Okay, great. Sounds easy enough, says the article. This is according to Polygon, by the way, written by Patricia Hernandez. Yes, not not your Nandez or his Nandez. It's her Nandez. It's her Nandez. Uh, do 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 do. Where do, was do, I? Do do Swampler. So why has nobody caught this thing? Even now, over a year later, for months, nobody knew the answer to this question. But now that the PC version of Red Dead Redemption Two is out there, players can peruse the game's files to see what's hidden. Mm. And as it turns out, the Channel Catfish is in the game. Oh. There's a model and everything, although. It doesn't look quite right. Oh, no. It looks sad. That looks like a, a partially deflated helium balloon. It's sort of got a waspish waist. Its it's its hips just go into zero. There aren't any fish again. that look like that, are there? No, I don't think so. Okay. But there's no actual way to catch the behemoth. Instead, all you can do is partake in the associated quest where a fisherman named Jeremy Gill... Asks you, Gil. Just, I've just realised. 
God's sake, Rockstar. Asks you to accompany him while he goes hunting. Gil wants you to take a picture of him capturing the channel catfish so that others might believe his stories about being a skilled fisherman. Gil does indeed... Gil does indeed... Gil does get the catfish to bite only to be sucked into the water. Never to be seen again. Oh my goodness, sir. The implication is the catfish ate him, leaving nothing behind but a feathered hat. From there, people assumed that the quest would trigger the release of the catfish, which you might be able to find on your own. Perhaps the catfish might put up a fight, given the cutscene and known, given the cutscene and known weight. Perhaps the bounty might be hard to find, given that it's supposed to be a catfish in a desert. But if the guide says it's in there, and the game outright has a quest about said catfish, you should be able to catch it, right? Unfortunately, the whole thing seems to be a mix-up. Players are able to force the game to spawn the fish. But as far as they can tell, it doesn't ever appear naturally. Oh. Um, so it's so it's a lie then? It's a lie. Oh. There are actually two versions of the fish in the game's files. So the person writing the article assumes that maybe once upon a time there was going to be something right. further, you know, further use for this, but it just never really made it into the maybe game. It was cut. Yeah, but that's wow. the thing is with these GTA games, or these Rockstar games, sorry, I should say, is you don't it's always hard to tell like whether something is just com- a complete urban legend or whether it, it there could be something real because they know that people kind of go in for this kind of thing. I, the reason I say GTA accidentally was because of the Bigfoot and stuff yeah. like that. And in GTA 5 there's the are you aware of the rat man? Uh no. In like the sewers there's like various clues and bits of evidence that there's a rat man in the sewers. Huh. And um I saw this video online where someone was walking past this a uh, little pipe that went off the side of the wall uh, that had bars on it, so you can't get in there. But whenever they walk past this area, it would trigger a really quiet sound effect of this man going like, <laughs> oh, which is really horrible. That is horrible. Um, but there's not an actual Ratman model, I don't believe. Wow. In so, the game. so there's no catfish, really. The, the the file is there, but you can't actually catch no, the catchfish. You can't catch it. Uh, but there is a sad-looking model of it, and there was a. He's a really sad-looking model. <laughs> there's a quest relating to it. It looks incomplete. The model yeah. looks unfinished. Weird. So, yeah, weird. That was wow. a weird news for That's you. Super weird. Thank you. You're welcome. This weird news comes from Kotaku. Mm-hmm. It's from Alistair Jones. Oh yeah. Are you ready for this? I am. Here it goes. I'm just scrolling. Here we go. Monster Energy stocks reach month-long high after Death Stranding release. Oh, God, yeah. I noticed. I forgot that that was in the game. And then when I was watching your first few minutes, it yeah. said, press this to drink Monster Energy. And I was like, oh, it's actually Monster. So he drinks from a canteen in the game. And I was like, okay, that's not quite as insidious, but also that's still pretty bad. Mm. But then there's a there, there is just a proper gratuitous close-up on Monster Energy Drink cans oh, really? like shortly after. God. Uh, and if people are, think that's kind of appalling, Kojima has a track record for this and we did a list about shameless product placement in video games that you can go and watch if you mm. want. Uh, and, he, you know, Doritos in, in Metal Gear Solid before Doritos even existed in the real world. Why not? Go watch before it. Before they exist in the real world? Yeah, you could get like chili heatwave Doritos in the 70s or something. Which I don't think oh, is I see. real. I thought you meant it was before Doritos had been actually invented. No, Hideo in Kojima room. did not invent Doritos in Metal <laughs> well, Gear I Solid. Well, he knew they were they were coming out <laughs> soon, but I was like, I'm sure, Doritos no. are probably decades old. They but... were in Peace Walker, which I think is set before. Probably, I don't know. I might be wrong. Mm. Either way, he's an idiot. Yeah. Take that. <laughs> 
Boo. <laughs> wow. Okay. I still don't know much about Death Stranding, but a few details have made their way into my consciousness over the past week or so. Babies, Bridges, and Norman Reedus have all featured prominently, as has a strange fascination with monster energy drinks. I was under the impression that Death Stranding took place after some apocalyptic event. From what I've seen so far, however, that event didn't extend to the Monster Beverage Corp, whose products Sam Bridges seems to slam back with little regard for his blood pressure. <laughs> It would seem that this particular product placement hasn't gone unnoticed by consumers, as the company's stock price surged during Death Stranding's release window. As noted on the game's subreddit via US Gamer, the price jumped by nearly $3 between November the 7th and November the 8th, the day the game arrived on PS4. Wow. It's dropped a little since then, but it's still at its highest value in nearly six weeks. Now, it's entirely possible that this is all a coincidence, but the timing is so perfect that I'm going to choose to ignore that possibility. God. There we go. I wish I'd invested now in Monster Energy Drink. You should have done. Now's the time to do it. Sell, oh. sell, sell. If you, if anyone listening has shares in Monster Energy Drinks, yeah, it's time to sell now. Oh, Kotaku's website is freaking out because adverts. Oh, okay. They're so intrusive. I just remember Welcome there being... Whatculture.com. Oh, God. What? That is the worst website <laughs> I've ever used. There was, um, there was a comment underneath that... Let me see if I can find it. That sort of summed it up nicely. Mm-hmm. Here we go. This nugget of trivia somehow makes me want to play the game even less than I did. <laughs> this nugget of trivia. Mmm. Monster Energy mm. Drinks and Trivia Nuggets. I love Trivia Nuggets. What, what have you had for your breakfast? I had a nutritious bowl of Trivia Nuggets, of oh, course. No. They taste yee-haw. Oh, right? Golden Nuggets. Wow, what a treat. Um, okay, that's my weird news. That was pretty weird. We've got a question. We do. It's from uh, Mother of Tiny Birds. Tiny Bird Seeds. I sent Michael Tiny Bird Seeds. <laughs> Could, oh, no. Oh, you okay? Kojima, I nearly read the next question. Oh. Uh, which video game character would you cosplay as? Ooh. Firstly, if someone were making the costume for you, with money and complexity being no object. And secondly, if you had to make it yourself. Oh, cosplay is complicated and and requires a great deal of skill. It's cosplicated. It's cosplicated yeah. that I absolutely do not possess. No. Um, so if we're talking in terms of someone would make it for me, mm -hmm. in terms of things, basically, what would you like to dress up as? I have two. Yeah. The first one is, is a fairly obvious one because it's a blonde man with a beard. Right. Which kind of solves all of my issues in one go. And that's Zane from Borderlands 3. Okay. The operative. I think that would be a cool one. I'd need to get maked up to look all um, inked, not cell shaded. No, inked. inking uh, is the is the method. Thank you very much. So I'd probably go for Borderlands Three Zane. However, if I could just have a cool thing made for me, mm. I would quite like the Faram armor from Dark Souls Two and Three, mm -hmm. and that is one that I will load for you now. It's very cool looking. It's my favorite armor. It's the favorite. It's my favorite thing that Dark Souls Two did actually was introduce that armor. Right. It's the armor from the box art and the uh, various collectibles that came out and stuff. Uh, okay. But what would be the ones if money was no object and someone made you a cosplay? What would it be, Peter? I didn't pick one um, that I just I wish I could be, but I don't have the money or the skill for it. I just picked the most overblown, wild, crazy thing. <laughs> That would just, I would be on all the social media coverage of that convention that I was at. Yeah. I picked Tekken 6's Azazzle, which is the boss from Tekken 6, a character who no one knew about before because okay. he'd never been in any previous games and no one really knows or cares about now. Azazzle. I will pull him up for you. He's about 12 feet tall. Oh, okay. He's a sort of pink 
crocodile rock lizard uh, with a big Egyptian sort of headdress on. He sounds amazing. He's got a big tail and a sort of beaky... A beaky blinders. Beaky, beaky blinders. Yeah, uh, Tekken 6. There's the Faram armor, by the way. Azazel. Let me see this. He's, oh, wow. He's got like a mohawk on the helmet, and he's got like, he's got fluffy ruffs on his shoulders. Fluffy ruffs. And sort of a blue tunic that goes around. I just think it's a very striking, cool-looking armor. He'd be nice and warm as well. He could, if it had some modernization applied to it, it could probably make quite a Sith Lord. In the Star Wars do. universe. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that's probably what I would go for in terms of self-indulgence. I would get someone to turn me into a really cool-looking, you know... Star Wars. Jedi or Sith, but mm. yeah. This is a, a Zazzle. Oh, wow, that's big. Can you even tell, like, what... I mean, that's just yeah. a massive... I can make out the shape, kind of. Yeah, he's got his weird... He looks a bit like a Egyptian spooky Souls boss. Yeah, he does, actually, yeah. It is a bit like going as a Souls boss. If he weren't pink, he would, he would just sort of dripping in blood and yeah. gore and viscera. Um, what about if it was on you? If it was on me? Mm, to well, make yourself a costume. I'd need a wig, but... <laughs> and this is absolutely nothing against people who have cosplayed as this, <laughs> this person in the past. But I think it would be extremely achievable for me to go as... Naked Snake from Metal Gear Solid 3. Oh, yeah. Slash Big Boss mm -hmm. with the bandana and the eye patch. He's already got a beard. Yeah. And he basically just wears a f camo. Yeah. And, a, and he carries a knife. True. And that would kind of be it. Maybe a little bit of face paint. Mm hmm I think that's something that I could do myself. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, yeah Maybe. I think you could. I think it's a that's within my... Uh, my my skill set to to put that together. I Just think. looking at you now as well, I think if you cropped your beard right down, if you shaved mm. it pretty close, and then sort of dyed your hair and beard dark, yeah. you could probably get away with a Joel outfit. Oh, maybe. Just because sort of the shape of your head is quite similar. <laughs> I got that big Joel energy. Yeah, that BJE. Um, I decided that if I had to make my own costume, what yeah. I would do is invest in a uh, a crown. From a Ooh, fancy a dress real shop, crown. A, cr a real crown. Yeah. So the first step is we're going to the Tower of London. Yeah, we're going to steal the crown jewels. Uh, I would then buy a large bed sheet, and then I would eat loads and loads and loads and loads and loads of fast food until I was morbidly obese. Okay. I would then put. Now the sheet... I'm on board with all. I'm willing to do this with you at <laughs> yeah. this point. I would then put the sheet over me and the crown, mm. and hey presto, I'm King Boo. You wouldn't even have to do the fast food if you did. I mean, we it's all want to. Good. But you could just get some sort of space hopper under your shirt. Yeah, no. No, I think you should do the first one. Yeah, me that too. That sounds way more fun. Just a fat ghost. Yeah. And then you, you will have eaten so much in such a short amount of time that there's a high chance that you'll never have to worry about doing a cosplay ever again. Well, I thought you were going to say... Because you'll die. There's a high chance I'll die and then I'll be a real ghost. Yeah, well, you won't have to be King Boo. No. You'll be, King, be King Dead. King Peter. Yeah, well, that's my <laughs> excellent. That's my low effort choice. Well, just that's... eat fast food and yeah. buy a sheet. I'll just wear a. I'll just wear army camo. Yeah, you just wear a sheet. Mm. We can do that. I think. Perfect. Thank you, mother of tiny birds. Peter, it's time. It is for the for a, It's big and it's round and it's a boo discussion. It's a big discussion. It's time for a big discussion. Mm -hmm. Are you ready? It's from Xavi Ramis. Chav Chav Ramirez. Yeah. Xavier Ramirez. Yes. Lovely, loyal patron. Loyal, good boy. Uh, you should Handsome read this man. One. I read Mother of Tiny Beds. Very tall. 
buys lots of drugs for children because they need them well, the and they can't. Yeah, insulin, ones. insulin. Right, okay. He buys lots of insulin for children yeah. and a bit of meth. Not diabetic What? children. He just gives just, insulin just, to children hey, hey, who kid, don't need it. Hey, kid, he says with a wink. Yeah. And then he flips a needle towards them. Oh, ah! <laughs> anyway, sorry. Xavier, stop, though. Kojima blames stinky cod boys for mediocre reviews for Death Stranding. Sorry, everyone's still talking about this game. That was the wrong cadence. Sorry, everyone's still talking about this game. Many seem to feel that he is he is being pretentious, but could it be a mistranslation? Or is he being this pompous? Good question, Zav Zavs. Oh, well, I suppose we should dive right in, shouldn't we, with the Metro.co.uk? Yes. Should we take a paragraph each? Why not? Metro says... It seems Hideo Kojima may not be taking the negative reviews of Death Stranding very well after he appeared to dismiss American critics and imply that they did not fully understand the game. I don't think anyone does. No. I have to say that the game received enthusiastic reviews, especially in Europe and Japan. Here in the United States, on the other side, we had stronger criticism, he told Italian website TGCom24. So this has presumably been translated from Japanese into Italian, Italian into English. Yes, basically. Right. Maybe this is a game that is difficult to understand for a certain type of critic or audience. Americans are big fans of first-person shooters and Death Stranding is not. It is high. It is flying higher. Sorry. It is flyer higher. Should I do a little bit more up to Adit Yeah, I'll do Kojima. a little bit more. Yeah. I always try to create new things and disputes and discussions are fine, but it must be said that the Italians or the French have a different artistic sensibility that allows them to appreciate this kind of very original products, added Kojima. That's a pretty patronising point of view, and while Kojima was no doubt playing up to the Italian journalists he was talking to, it does not sound like he's taken the many criticisms of the game to heart. There's another obvious problem with his comments too, in that the split between American and European reviewers doesn't really exist. For every 6.8 from IGN, there was a 9 out of 10 from GameSpot, and there were also plenty of European websites that marked it down, including GamesRadar, VG247, and VGC. Uh, Metro also only gave it a, set, a 7 out of 10. So that's the basic story. Uh, we should say that currently on Metacritic, it's sitting at 83%. Mm. Um, IGN was a was an outlier in terms of its its lowness of the score. Yeah. But it seems that Kojima is just sort of implying that, well, they're American. They don't get it. But yeah, then it seems a lot like of it, Europe get doesn't get it either. Mm. And then, you know, we've spoken at great length about is he just kind of full of himself because people describe him as a genius all the time and he's like please thank you no keep going he's never really said i'm i'm not a not that anyone should if someone called me a genius mm. i'd feel pretty uncomfortable like if if someone sincerely called me a genius not that i've done anything deserving of that level of praise i would it would make me very uncomfortable yeah me too I'd and i'd like, tell oh, them to well, well stop it yeah stop it i feel uncomfortable when people thank us for what we do yeah just just being in this studio recording stupid noises uh so that is something to bear in mind is that he does sort of have previous with not being humble <laughs> i hate this attitude though i mean so i think we're going to move on to the fact that translation wise we might not have the full story so far and we will go on to that but certainly from what we've read thus far I hate this attitude, whether or not it's true, that some people take 
whether it's Kojima or otherwise, that, oh, well, I've made this thing. I think it's really good. And if you don't like it, it's because you don't get you it. You don't get it. And as I say, whether Kojima thinks that or not, certainly his fans often think that. Yes, you know, that's become very clear. Not just with Death Stranding, but with uh, a fair few Metal Gear Solid games as well. If you sort of say, oh, well you know, that was a bit weird, that thing that happened, or that's the worst game in the series. It's like, well, you know, you just, I think you don't really understand it. You should, you need to like go through it and have you played this other game that, you know, this like spin-off or whatever, one of the early ones on... Have you read the comics? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, I I agree. Like, I'm I'm all for weird, subversive games. Like, I, I, I genuinely do like them, but this cult of personality that Kojima has around him is kind of just misplaced, really. Mm, yeah. um, he's not amazing. And this is one of the first games that he's ever made, or at least certainly in recent memory, that's not been in the mid to high 90s in terms of scoring. True. And I don't think he's... You probably find it hard... I'd find it hard to believe that he is taking it in stride mm. given what we know about him and his reactions and behavior in the past and also the the reception to his previous work as well yeah he probably was hoping for perfect scores across the board but this is the, i was just about to say he doesn't need to feel that bad if it's on metacritic if it's got 83 yeah that's not bad that's still a pretty good thing and he knows that it's well i'd like to think he knows that it's an unusual, you know, yeah. subversive game. So he should, you know, take heart the fact that, you know, you got 83%. Don't... <laughs> it's, 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 it's infuriating that, like, anything less than perfect he is apparently unhappy with. Yeah. You know? Yeah, well, that's just him, though, isn't it? That just appears to be him. That's yeah, his well, whole. Yeah. That's his whole deal, is being the auteur, mm. the, 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 the OG... The genius, yeah, you know that that's just his whole persona, and I'd like to think that's not the case, uh, as we will explore now with this follow-up from Kotaku. Mm. Major sites like IGN presented, oh sorry, proceeded to weigh in with translations. So this is sorry, continuing on in terms of was it mistranslated, and now uh, because of course it is because it's Kojima. Everyone's weighing in with their own opinions and translations. Oh, maybe it means this, maybe it means that, and it's just it's just as it's the kind of usual crap that's reserved for his games, but apparently now that reserves is everything he says. Everything the man says apparently has Easter eggs in it. Now. Yeah, we're having to collaboratively unpack not just Death Stranding, but a statement he made to an Italian news site. Yeah, just to see if he insulted people. Yeah. Major sites like IGN proceeded to weigh in with translations that put a different slant on Kojima's assessment, removing his declaration that Death Stranding flies higher. Instead... According to IGN, Kojima merely stated that Americans are some of the biggest first-person shooter fans and Death Stranding isn't that. In other words, it's unfamiliar, not necessarily better or worse. How do you go from isn't that to flies higher? I don't know. Then Sony itself got in on the action, retranslating that last line as In America, there are a lot of FPS fans. Maybe those fans are saying this is like a different game and are not rating it very high. So more or less the same meaning as IGN's, albeit with additional flavor and context. It's unclear whether they accessed Kojima's original Japanese or not. Mm. 
Kotaku's Natalie de Graffenreid, I believe, I'm so sorry, who speaks Italian, also took a crack at translating the quote. Here's what she came up with. I have to say that the game has received enthusiastic reviews, especially in Europe and Japan. Here in the United States, however, we've received stronger criticisms. Maybe it's a difficult game to understand for a certain type of critic and the public in America. Oh, sorry, in the, uh, and the public. In America, there are many fans of first-person shooters, and a lot of them wish that Death Stranding were a different game, maybe for that reason. These are sort of contextual words that have been inserted to make yeah. the sentence make sense. They didn't give higher scores. Maybe for that reason they didn't give higher scores. So there we go. And apparently this kind of stuff has happened before because he has a Japanese and an English Twitter account that can sometimes come off as abrupt mm. or rude and you know translation errors they exist they're real and i understand them but god and especially uh sort of eastern to west that's uh, a bit of a generalization but sort of eastern to western ish languages yeah. you know it's quite there's that infamous thing where um you you take an english sentence translate it into japanese or chinese one of the chinese languages and then yeah. back to english over and over and sooner or, i think there's an actual app that does it it keeps doing it back and forth until it has found a loop and by the end, it's just a completely different sentence. Yeah. Like all the nouns are just, you know, somehow a cow got in there. How, where did the cow come from? Yeah. Um, so it's gone from Japanese to Italian and then to English, <laughs> which is why you just read out three actually quite different statements, mm -hmm. or certainly wording anyway. Were, were, the wording was the, very different. The implication and the meaning behind them came off differently. Yeah. Yeah, so undeniably, translation is almost certainly an issue here. Mm. But, as we've discussed, Kojima will not correct people when they call him a genius. And so I, I, would, I would be shocked if he, has, if he has not saddened by the lack of perfect scores for his game. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. This um, is a subversive and divisive game. Some people are going to love it because they genuinely love it. Some mm -hmm. people are going to love it because it's Kojima. Yeah. Some people are going to hate it because it's Kojima. And some people are going to hate it because they genuinely hate it. Yeah. There's, there's going to be very few people who play this game and think, yeah, it was fine. Yeah. This is, this is, you go, <laughs> yeah. you are going to swing one way or the other on this one. No, that's very true. And I'm going to try very hard to report back next week having played more. Mm -hmm. And you'll, at the very least, be able to give some thoughts because you're about to watch two hours of it this afternoon. Yeah. And going into it, I know obviously we've talked a lot about this game in the lead up to release. And I have been, you know, unashamedly saying, I don't. I'm not looking forward to this. However, I'm not going to go in and look for actual, you know, reason. Like you said, I'm not going going to go in and try and hate it. But I'm I'm just pretty sure that I will dislike it a lot. But it's it, very different from Spyro. <laughs> yeah, it probably is. Uh, but I sh I also hasten to add, it's not because it's Kojima either. I think that Kojima. Uh, I really liked Metal Gear Solid One, and uh, I think that. You know, I, I will always just see what he's doing next just to see is it going to be less wild this time and a bit more for me. However, I think, number one, the the content in general, I just think objective or, or subjectively, I suppose, I will not like. Uh, but number two, while I don't have a problem with Kojima, I do have a problem with his his cult. And uh, right. that, that does sort of, I can't help but like, dislike the game a little bit more because of those people even though 
that shouldn't really sway me on the quality of the game. But I mean, it's it's for the same reason that I'm not quite as in love with Star Wars as I was mm. when this new trilogy began, just because the fan base is so toxic. Oh, it's dreadful. Is that Rick and Morty? Yeah, that too. I it just right kind of ruins things a little by, bit. Like middle of season two, I was like, wow, yeah. okay, screw these guys. People are just throwing bottles at each other back and forth on the internet about no it's stupid or yeah. no it's genius you just don't get it and i just think both arguments are crap yeah. and people should really experience it you're you're okay to not not want to try it mm. but if you're going to have uh, a proper opinion about it then you, then you need to experience it for yourself yeah. and decide okay i actually don't like this or i actually really like this yeah but attacking people i don't know anyway let us know what you think about Death Stranding and all of the Death Stranding-related nonsense we've discussed today in the comments below, or alternatively on the via the other on the of the or in the out of the other methods that Peter is about to describe to you. Thank I'm you. about to describe them right now. So yep. the comments below happen on YouTube.com/forward/slash/TeamTripleJump. Uh, we also are on Twitch producing content. That's Twitch.tv/forward/slash/TeamTripleJump. Our mods over there are Lord Brotovich and Cecil Prumps. And also on YouTube when we're live streaming on YouTube. Yeah, they're, they're as we'll be doing too. today. Uh, our social media, if you want to comment there instead, is twitter.com and facebook.com forward slash team triple jump. The Facebook friend is Luke Eldon, who is continuing to kick bottoms. Yes, he is. There and do a good sock med. Uh, if you want to submit a question for the podcast, you can do so over at patreon.com. Uh, forward slash team triple jump there's all kinds of other rewards as well including an exclusive room in our discord which yes. is bit.ly forward slash team triple jump and the mods over there are jack and joe and now also introducing mm. crimson jag J dragonfly that's it that's what it says thinking of the word jack again crimson dragonfly new mod thank, thank you, you guys thank you very much uh, the podcast, if you're watching on video, is available in audio form at play.acast.com forward slash s forward slash triple jump. And finally, the website is triplej.mup, where we have a shop and sometimes a careers page, but not right now. Not right now. No. Thank you so much, Peter. Thank you. Instagram, if you'd like to follow us, at that Peter Austin and at Ben Potter 20, and on Twitter, at that Peter Austin and at confused underscore. Dude, we post little teasers sometimes on Instagram and Twitter about what's coming up and mm. what we're what we're going to be doing soon on the channel, uh, including lists, which are every Tuesday and Thursday streams, every Monday, Tuesday and Thursday, Monday and Tuesday being solo streams on Twitch, and Thursday being a joint stream, blaze it on YouTube. We have a special console now. Yes, we do called a Stream Deck. And it lets us press buttons and make things happen. And we have an actual 420 Blaze It button that makes an animation happen. So you need to come and see that. <laughs> it's worth the price of admission just for that. I Free. promise. Just come and see it. The price of admission is, is nothing. Worst Games is fortnightly. This week is a Worst Games week. Yes, if you are a patron of a certain tier. What tier is that? Is it 5 or $10? $5. Five, just $5. You get it two, two days, days early. early on Friday. So you will have already watched it, hopefully. And the podcast is every Saturday. Please leave a review slash rating on your platform of choice, maybe iTunes. Mm. So it helps something to do with algorithms. Yes. Z -z 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 -z. Now, finally, I've got a couple of things to say before we go. Not only is it worst, is it worst games ever week, but it's also a rules boss week. Oh. We had a rules boss. So if you're a patron, not only did you get worst games ever, but you also got rules boss on the same night. How? Take that. Take that. Right Pe in the kisser. 
Peter was in a box. Speaking of Hideo Kojima, mm. Peter was in a box was playing a box. Uh, Metal Gear Solid. So Mugs. please go and watch that. And as you may have seen on the channel, we announced that Worst Games Ever submissions are now open. So the address for our office is is has always been publicly available. But mm. now we are actively encouraging you to send stuff if you would like to. There's only a specific window, though, that we're accepting that uh, until... Because we're going to make a video, aren't we, of us opening the stuff, put that out about Chris, uh, like Christmas, sort of Christmas time. Yeah. And uh, mainly we're after new worst games to play mm. if you'd like to send stuff in. But equally, you know, we'll, we'll gladly accept anything that you would like to send us. You're all so generous and lovely. Thank you so much. But Peter, when is the cutoff and where can they send it? This is very important. We cannot open anything after the thir- not on camera on the thirtieth of November. Mm. Okay, so anything received after that will not be opened on camera. Uh, we have to just do that, otherwise people will continue to send stuff forever. And we just we're very grateful, but we don't have enough room. There's not enough room in this building, which is at this address. Do you want to read it together? Yes, the, the triple jump Xmas appeal. Cultaholic Ventures Limited, Six Mailing Court, that's M-A-L-I-N-G, Union Street, Newcastle-upon-Tyne, N-E-2-1-B-P, United Kingdom. Or just Kingdom soon, I'm not sure. Yeah, possibly. One of those ones. I like that it ends 1-B-P because the Blue Peter address used to end 6-B-P. Did it? Yeah, and I remember that because it's BP Blue Peter. I don't know if that was intentional. I think it ah. probably was. And we've also got one Ben Potter as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. That too. Yeah. B Poots. Yeah. And Biney Peter. And Biney Peter. Mm. Ben Peter. One Ben Peter. That's what yeah. it says there. Finally, we wrap up with our sponsor again for the show, which is the Gala Region uh, Tourism, Tourism Board. Mm. There we go. Uh, would you like to catch Pokemon in the rain? Yeah. Come to Gala Region. Pokemon Sword and Shield out now. Thanks so much for watching, everybody. We'll see you again next week. Hope you have a wonderful rest of your weekend. Take care of yourselves. Bye! Bye, everyone. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.